We've got some Arizona basketball to preview. We've got some Arizona football to preview. And we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona women's basketball recruiting as well. Let's get started here on Locked on Wildcats. You are Locked on Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, like I said, we've got a lot to get to. We're going to hopscotch three different sports here. But the first one we wanted to talk a little bit about was Arizona men's basketball. That's obviously what drives the city. So let's talk about it. Um, big, uh, Well, not a big game. Arizona should win. But uh, Arizona Southern tomorrow uh, at 7 o'clock here at McHale. Now, here's what I can tell you about Southern. They're basically a worse version of Nichols State. Now, you might say to yourself, you know, what does that mean? Should Arizona win by 500? Well, I'm not saying 500, but this is a game that Arizona should win. But quite frankly, this is a game that I like, though, for Arizona to have because, honestly, when you play teams like this, you also know that uh, they play up and down. They get up and down, and I think that's what's, you know, if you're Tommy Lloyd, that's what you're excited about. There's nothing more annoying than playing teams that really don't want to, you know, play this, play it aesthetically, play the kind of brand of basketball that they uh, that they normally play. They look to slow it down and basically keep the game close. There's none of that with these guys. They look to get up and down, and you know what? That I'm, I'm excited to be able to watch that uh, unfold right there. Now, from an Arizona perspective, what are we looking for? All right, the first thing you're looking for is to continue the great continuity that they showed in the first realm. Now, um, 30, 30 baskets on, or 38 uh, baskets on 30 assists is absolutely fantastic. Um, there's really no other way to put it. It's absolutely fantastic. But you also have to realize, too, that um, Arizona right now, Arizona right now is looking for a, you know, is has to slow things down a little bit here. Here's what I mean by that is that when you watch that first game against uh, um, Nichols State, yes, Arizona looked fantastic offensively, but they were careless with the ball. That's something that they need to watch here. Um, and this is going to be a good game for them to be able to watch what exactly uh, uh, is going on here. Now, but player by player, Pella Larson. Can you continue to get me 15 points, five rebounds, four assists? Uh, same with um, Azulis Tabellis. We've talked every single game going in. Need 18 and eight from Azulis. And you know what? If he gets more than that, that is absolutely fantastic. But again, when you look at it, they're, uh, th that's the guy that needs to be the driving force. Kirk Creasa, we talked about it. All I care about is his shooting percentage. He shot well in that first game, albeit not a ton of shots. But he did shoot well. Didn't turn the ball over. Didn't do anything stupid. So that's kind of where you're at now with the with those three guys. Then Cedric Henderson Jr. Can he continue to be the player that you know is kind of that jack of all trades, for lack of a better term? He can uh, he can defend a little bit. He can make the open three. He can finish around the hoop. I thought he fit in very well to what they uh, what Arizona's looking to do there. And again, the big man Umar Ballo. Wanted 12 and 8 before the season. I don't see any reason that he can't be 12 and 8. I think that he's a uh 
He's a 12 and 8 double double type guy. He should always be flirting with that. And excuse me, there was nothing to dissuade me from that opinion in that first game. Then you hit the bench. Obviously, Courtney Ramey is out. We know that. But he'll be back in a couple games. But Henry Vasar coming off the bench, the praying mantis, as we call him here. He's about uh, seven foot with about a nine foot wingspan. Very, uh, very long, very active. You can tell that he's still growing into his arms a little bit. But he, there's a lot to like about him. Dylan Anderson, my guy. A lot of people soured on Dylan Anderson. They said, you know, uh, not a big fan of Dylan Anderson. Um, you know, he kind of wandered around uh, in high school, didn't really play the way that he should have. I didn't care about that because I knew once he got to L.A. or excuse me, to L.A. I knew once he got to uh, um, the uh, the U of A, the Tommy Gun would say, "No." You're not going to be playing on the perimeter. You're seven foot. We're going to play you inside. And Dylan Anderson has taken to that. And not only has Dylan Anderson taken to that, he's also reframed his body. He looks much different than he did at this point last year. And that is a that is kudos. That is a testament to Dylan Anderson and the work that he has put in there. Again, big things coming from Dylan. Adama Ball. Now, we called Adama Ball before the season the ultimate wild card. Can he be that? I'm very curious to see where exactly he can be that dude. Because if you were to tell me before the year, four points, uh, four points per game, sure. If you were to tell me bef- uh, after, or, you know, that he was going to be 11 points per game, okay, sure. He looks like he's going to be ready to shoot. Um, he looks like he's going to be able to uh, really score, and I'm fascinated to watch him develop. Again, you've got to remember that he is young for his grade. He should be a uh, he should be a freshman, and again, he came in early. And I also I like that too. I I don't understand the parents that hold their kids back two and three years sometimes to get to college when they're 21. If your kid's good, he's going to be good. That's just the way it is. Adama Ball is proving that. Um, I, I look for big things from Adama Ball going forward. I also think that um, I also think that you're probably looking at a player who, if things work well, he could have a Michael Dickerson type trajectory to his career. We're going to talk about that later on in the week. So then you got at the other time you've got uh, excuse me, um, Kylan Boswell. Boswell looked really good in that opening game. I know that he turned the ball over a little bit. Don't like that, obviously, but he also was uh, he also was a player that you know he's. We're going to cut him a little bit of slack here because again he's young and uh, he again he should be seventeen. I'm very curious to see how exactly he continues to uh, progress here now. With uh, uh, but he again, he is that point guard of the future. I'm also really big on him as the point guard of the future because I don't believe that he's a great NBA prospect, but I don't care about that. I believe that he's a great college prospect, and that's all I really care about when it comes to the U of A. So, those are the things to really keep an eye on. Philly B is probably going to get a little time as well. I, I'm kind of I'm a little surprised if they don't redshirt him because I don't just don't think he's quite there yet. But either way, Philly B is going to be good. And a big tip of the cap to K.J. Lewis for officially signing with the University of Arizona. I believe that K.J. Lewis is very underrated nationally. I believe that K.J. Lewis is a player that, uh, barring injury, will play in the NBA. And uh, I do believe that he's going to be a really good player at the U of A. And I don't believe it's going to take him a lot of time. I think that he's going to be able to hop in there and be able to make some uh, make some headway very, very quickly. 
Okay, so that's kind of where we're at, though, with Arizona men's basketball. I expect them to blow out Southern. Again, uh, tip of the cap to Southern because they definitely uh, they play they play fast. I'm hoping that they continue to play fast. Um, now, looking at uh, – we're going to talk a little bit Arizona football now. Now, when Chip Kelly took over at UCLA, obviously this week's opponent, um, it was met with huge ovations because, again, he uh, – he, you looked at his record at Oregon. You looked at his record at New Hampshire, and it was hard to really, uh, it was hard to really, uh, you know, argue any of that. Um, now, where I'm fascinated to see though is that the coaching staff at UCLA, or excuse me, the administration at UCLA, stood by, stuck by him because again, he didn't start off fast. Had a couple losing seasons, then a 500 year, then an eight and four year. This year, they've taken off and they're in the top ten, and they are fan. They're a fantastic team, and there's a lot of reasons to like what you see from them. The first reason why is Dorian Thompson Robinson returning for his ninth year. Um, just kidding, but he has started essentially from day one. He's perfect for what Chip Kelly wants to do because he can take off, he can run, he can do a lot of different things out there. He's an he's an impressive dude to be. He's a very impressive guy, just all the way around. You watch him as well. He's just he's he's a guy that just seemingly gets it. Now, with uh. Um, Chip, though, has built this team up the right way. When he took over, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but when he took over, the big thing for him was that he was going to play a lot of freshmen, he was going to play the kids early and get them ready. And now you're seeing the fruits of that labor right now. Um, with uh, Jed Fish talked about it at his presser today, he said they want to somewhat emulate what, uh, excuse me, what uh, he was able to do at the uh, uh, at UCLA. And he said, "You know what? He stuck to his guns. He knew what uh, he knew what he needed to do, and he went ahead and he did it. Um, and he had an administration that stuck by him. Now, Arizona, looking at this depth chart right now, this is a fascinating situation here unfolding because Arizona next year is going to be really, really good. But just look at what you have right now. You've got T Mac, your freshman wide receiver. He should be a monster next year. Then you look at that next receiver position, Jacob Cowan." Jacob Cowing, if he uh, he's been banged up a little bit this week, and Jed Fish was asked, you know, what happens if Jacob Cowing, uh, you know, and he said Kevin Green, he said is going to be a really good player here. He said Kevin can get open, Kevin can make plays. You can just tell that Jed Fish is a big fan of Kevin Green and what he brings. So even if Jacob Cowing can't play if he leaves, I think you have to believe that uh, he's going to be um, he's going to be a. Uh, that, that receiver position, that F wide receiver position is going to be good. Then you look at the line. It's get, here's where it gets fascinating. Jordan Morgan, 6'6", 320, a junior. He could pro, he could be in the NFL next year. I mean, he's an NFL player. I was wrong on him. I thought I didn't really see it. He's been very good. Then next to him, though, now that's where it gets interesting. Wendell Moe, big Wendell, the freshman um, out of uh, Long Beach Poly, 6'2", 360. He's gotten into much better shape. We're now at the point, though, with him where he's got to uh, he's going to play, and assuming nothing goes wrong, he's probably going to play for the next four years at that position. Uh, you could tell that he was very. Uh, you could just tell that um, uh, Jed Fish is very happy with him. Then Josh Baker at that uh, center uh, at that center position, sophomore performed well. Then you got Jonas Sabanea and Peyton Fears. 
Uh, Sabinet is a monster. He's going to be a uh, he's going to be a very high pick when he is eligible. Um, and then Peyton Fears, he's okay. He's a senior, but you know what? With Borjan, uh, with Lange, there's other guys that could probably step in there and do a decent enough job. Then you got obviously Jaden Delora uh, and Noah Fafita that position, and then you got Braden Dorman coming in. That position is set for quite a while. And then at the running back spot, you know, you got three guys that could all come back, and they're all good. Michael Wiley, DJ Williams, Jonah Coleman. Then you got Kean Burnett and uh, Tanner McLaughlin at uh, a tight end. Both those guys will be back. Then you got Dorian Singer. He's going to be back as well. The offense next year should absolutely be fantastic, and there is uh, every reason to believe that it will be fantastic. Now, Let's look over on the defensive side a little bit and cut because we're kind of comparing and contrasting a little bit what UCLA was able to do um, with Jed Fish, or excuse me, what uh, UCLA was able to do with Chip Kelly and where Arizona. Now, losing at one of the DN positions, losing Hunter Eccles is a big is a big loss. He's not great, but he's he's good for about probably seven or eight sacks this year when it's all said and done. Might make an NFL roster, probably not, but he's decent. But what I do love uh, U of A doing, though, is you're now you're starting to get Sterling Lane time there. Big fan of Sterling Lane, four-star kid of uh, California, big dude, 6'3", 220. Get him in there. Get him to start playing. And at the end position as well, Russell Davis, similar, 6'3", 210. Uh, skinny dude, but again, he's got a burst off the football that is going to be very, very good. So again, right there, those are your end positions. That's where things look for the future. And then you got Uyagalele, freshman starting a tackle. And then you got Keon Bars, Keon Bars, uh, and then you got Kankaika uh, behind him. All those guys, with the exception of uh, Bars, who is a junior, are all underclassmen. So they'll be back. They'll be better. And then uh, the linebacker position, that's where it gets a little fascinating. Um, obviously, Jacob Manu is going to be a stud as long as he is at the U of A. Um, he'll be, you know, he's a starter until he leaves. Then you got Jerry Roberts. He'll be moving on. It'll be interesting to see what they do with that other linebacker spot. Not really sure. We'll find that one out. We're going to break down the secondary in just a second. See what I did there? But let's talk about upside first. Upside is where it's at. You want to save money. You want to save, uh, uh, whether that's on your groceries, whether that's on gas, you name it, upside's got it. And the great thing about it, too, is that you can go on there, you put in Locked On Wildcats, and you can get a discount as well. Again, I, you are I can't tell you how many people are using uh, 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 Upside, and they're getting cheaper gas. You know what? In this day and age, the economy being somewhat tough, utilize whatever you can to get some money. That's where Upside is at because, again, that's, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, this segment is brought to you by Bet Online. All right. Now, we're going to get to the picks here in a second. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the secondary and the young secondary. Gunnar Maldonado, I'm not a big fan of. He's just meh, whatever. But he can be back if uh, he's obviously back if the coaches want him. Christian Roland Wallace uh, feels like an NFL player. Big fan of him. Um, he's a junior. He can be back when surprised if he leaves, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he stays. And then uh, after that, you've got uh, Trayden Stooks, Ephesians Prysock, Takario Davis. Stooks to me is okay. 
but you also want to have a little bit of a, I think a more talented guy back there for lack of a better term. <coughs> and uh, that's where price and Davis come in big fan of both of them. I think they're going to be starters here and I think they're going to be problems. Then you look at the safety. Uh, you look at the safeties. I like Jackson Turner. Uh, Christian Young to me is addition by subtraction. I've never really understood the hype with Christian Young, but you know, whatever. It's uh, I'm not a coach. They know more than I do. But this team, though, you look at it. This is a young team that I think is going to cause a lot of problems next year for a lot of teams. And if I was on the Bet Online Sportsbook app, that's where I would go. I would say, you know what? I would start looking at over under wins for Arizona next year. I would say, you know what, let me see what I can uh, maybe finagle there because Arizona was a little undervalued this year. Told you before to get on the Bet Online Sportsbook app and say that, you know what, I'm going to bet on Arizona to uh, the over two and a half wins. Now, granted, Arizona might only finish with three wins, but you would have still won if you were on the Bet Online Sportsbook. So, again, check it out, and it's easy to utilize as well. That's what's so cool about it. Like a lot of people are overwhelmed by this stuff. You get on Bet Online Sportsbook, you know exactly where you're going. All right, now we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit Arizona women's basketball recruiting, and then we'll get you ready for Friday. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, Arizona women's basketball recruiting now. If you don't know by now, then you should know Adia Barnes is a superstar. Uh, when she obviously before uh, uh, Ari McDonald, Adia Barnes was the best player in school history and um, gets you within a basket of the national championship a couple of years ago, which is still wild to think about. And in the last two years, she's brought in two top five recruiting classes. Now, this recruiting class could turn out to be the best in the country. You've got Montoya, Montoya Du, you've got Brea Cunningham, and you've got uh, uh, Jade Williams. Now, those are three top 15 players right there. You add that with a Kaylin Gilbert, with a Maya Najee, with a Lamaya Hilton, and a Paris Clark – and you got seven total possible stars there, WNBA-type players. And Adia's not done yet. And one thing that we know about her is she's always had, has a trick up her sleeve. Remember last year when uh, she started losing players and everyone's like, what's going on with Adia? Is you know, the foundation cracking? And the great P.J. Brown told me at the time from the Arizona Daily Star, by the way, follow her on Twitter, P.J. Brown 09, uh, your one-stop shop for all things Arizona women's basketball. She said, don't worry. She said, Adia's got a plan. And guess what? Lo and behold, Adia did have a plan and it worked. So, uh, again, don't doubt her. She knows what she's doing. This team is going to be really fun this year. And I do believe that as long as she's here, she's going to keep recruiting at an awesome level. And I do think that uh, Arizona is going to be competing for national titles for the foreseeable future. I was at, or I, I talked about before the year. I said that I think that uh, this could be your best team, and I stand by it because I think when you look at the talent across the board, from scoring to athleticism to defense, you name it, Arizona's got it. And I think that's what's also very exciting if you're uh, Adia Barnes is that you've now got a roster where you can really play with a lot of different options around the board right there. So great time to be an Arizona fan. As always, it's always a good time to be an Arizona fan. Arizona basketball under the Tommy gun is right where everybody wants it to be. Arizona football is on the up and up with Jed fish. And then on top of that, as we all know, uh, Adia Barnes is about as big a star as there is in the city of Tucson. All right. Kind of jumped all over the place with a fun pod today. We will be back with you tomorrow. 
And as always, really appreciate you keeping it locked on Wildcats. And uh, I'm Mike Luke. Again, we'll be back with you talking all things Arizona tomorrow. Have a happy Thursday.